First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Agua. We've got to talk about what just happened in Texas still because everybody's talking about it. But there's a new perspective on this that we need to talk about. And, you know, things don't happen in a vacuum. Things don't happen in a vacuum. Listen to me. This is important. This whole thing didn't start with just that killer walking into that school. It started before. It started, in fact, when Texas decided to pass a law so that just about anybody in the state can buy a gun whenever they wanted to and carry it wherever the hell they wanted to. Tonight in Texas, getting hands on a handgun about to become even easier. It would mean you can carry a handgun in Texas without having a license, without having a permit, with no background check and no training. By the way, this is fascinating. Did you know that in Texas you can buy a gun whenever you want and carry it around whenever you want? It's probably one of the most liberal laws when it comes to buying guns anywhere in the United States. But, oh, Texas has its limits. Did you know that in Texas you can only buy six sex toys? And if you buy more than six, you could go to prison. Hear me out here. You go to prison in Texas if you buy seven sex toys. But you don't go to prison for buying a gun anytime you want, carrying it with you. Because according to the officials there in Texas at the legislature, see the sex toy thing, that's obscene. Which I guess is more important than guns, which can actually kill little children like we saw in Uvalde. 14 students and one teacher are dead, killed after a shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. Un hombre armado desató una masacre en una escuela primaria en Texas. Esto ocurrió en la localidad de Uvalde. We can't talk about this story without talking about Ted Cruz because Ted Cruz continues to insist, as I'm sure you've heard, that the only way to be able to deal with this problem is more guns, not fewer guns, more guns. He also says the way to deal with this problem is more police officers. We know from past experience that the most effective tool for keeping kids safe uh, is armed law enforcement on the campus. So Ted Cruz says the problem is we don't have enough police officers. Let's talk about this. I want to take you through what we tend to call the TikTok of how this happened, right? 11.35 is when the gunman went into this building. Just a few minutes later, the police officers showed up. But when they realized the guy had a gun and was firing, they backed off. They got out of the building. That's understandable. There's no reason to run in there kamikaze style. They needed a plan. They needed to come up with something, right? They needed to go outside. Maybe they needed gear. Maybe they needed some kind of planning. But no. 10 minutes later, they still hadn't gone in the building. 15 minutes later, they still hadn't gone in the building. In fact, about 20 minutes later, you know what they were doing? They were literally arguing, almost scuffling with the parents of the children who were telling the police officers, you need to go in the building. Those are six-year-olds. They can't fend for themselves. They need you to go in there and help them. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is a police officer actually yelling at parents, telling them to back off because he has really important work to do. Go back. All the way back. 
All the way back, please. All the way back. We're back. All the way back to the back of the buses. These buses need to move right now. So then what happens? Interestingly enough, the parents continue arguing. It gets even nastier when some of the parents start confronting some of the police officers. The police officers say they're not going to go in the building. The parents are telling them they have to go in the building. Until finally we learn that one of the police officers did to go to did decide to go in the building. But he didn't go in the building to save all the children. According to at least one spokesperson for the police department, he went in the building to get his own kid. Went in the building to get his own kid. And the spokesperson for the Uvalde Police Department was asked about this. Right, so what we do know, Vanessa, right now that there was some uh, police officers, families trying to get their children out of the school because it was an active shooter situation right now. It's a terrible situation right now. By the way, while all of this was going on, children inside the school were calling with their cell phones. They were dialing 911 and they were telling the authorities there that they knew where the gunman was. They were trying to help police so they could go in and kill him. But they still didn't go in. Finally, an hour and 10 minutes later, 70 minutes after the gunman entered the building, federal authorities were called and they went in, confronted the gunman and killed him. Not the Uvalde Police Department. Not the Uvalde Police Department that we have now learned gets 40% of the monies that taxpayers spend in that city. 40% of the budget of Uvalde goes to the police department, which means where did the money go that would have been used to help counsel kids? Where did the money go for schools? All the money went to the police department because people like Ted Cruz say we can never have enough police officers. Got to have more cops, more cops, more guns, more cops. That's the solution. Is it? Is it really? Ask yourself, 40% of the budget of a town went to a police department so that they would be prepared to deal with a day like this. And when a day like this came, were they prepared? Listen to me. Ask you this question. Was that 40% of the budget well spent? Here's what else we've learned that you need to know. The gun lobby or the gun manufacturers, whose job it is to sell guns, I get it, just like any other business, are widgets. They want to sell them. And if it uh, takes uh, giving money to politicians to sell them, then they'll give money to politicians. After all, in this country, it's perfectly legal to give a lot of money to politicians so that they basically do what you want them to do. What do they want them to do? They want them to not change the gun laws because they want everybody to be able to go out and buy a gun whenever they want. And they want there to be no limits. So we have learned that they've given money to certain politicians. And here they are. You might have been able to guess. Ted Scalise, John Cornyn, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell. These are the politicians who've received the most amount of money from gun manufacturers. Devin Nunes, Ron Johnson, Kevin McCarty, Pete Sessions. All of them have gotten upwards of hundreds of thousands of dollars from gun manufacturers. But there's one name that stands out on this list. Who do you think is the guy who got the most amount of money? $442,000 given to him by gun manufacturers so that he and the others do not change the laws, all of these being Republicans. But the number one who received the most money, do we need a drum roll? Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz got more money than anybody else and is the most vocal and is the one guy who's talking the most right now in 
Texas about the Uvalde shooting. Not saying that we need to reconsider the way the laws are written in the United States. Not saying why are we the only country in the world, in fact, that has these kinds of shootings. Why is it the United States has 288 school shootings? The next closest country is Mexico with eight. And then South Africa with six. Why isn't Ted Cruz asking that question? Do you think it might have something to do with the $442,000? And then there's this. The NRA. They had their conference just days after this massacre of these children. And many people thought they should leave. Don't do it now. It's just not in good taste. But they did it anyway. And they invited a lot of people, including the former president of the United States. And the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, chose to go to the NRA conference. And you know what he did? He danced. He did a jig. Music was playing and he couldn't help himself. Just days after these Latino children were massacred, the former president of the United States was on stage dancing. Is, is it, did he not think this through? Did somebody not advise him properly? Why would he do something like this? But as a Latino, I can't help but think of my Puerto Rican brothers, who after the hurricane in Puerto Rico saw the president of the United States visit them. And instead of giving them a solemn speech at a time when their people were dying, some 34 people died while the president was there in Puerto Rico. At the very moment he was speaking, people were dying. A thousand or over a thousand in all died in Puerto Rico during that uh, hurricane. And the president of the United States did this. There he is, having apparently a hell of a good time throwing paper towels at people. It was sick. What was he thinking? Talk about bad timing or bad taste. So as Latinos, we ask ourselves, is it something about us? Is he not able to understand our agenda, our sensibilities? Well, he understands others. He understands the sensibilities of the NRA. Maybe we ought to just go back to the very beginning. On the day that Donald Trump cast himself as the future president of the United States, when he came down that famous staircase, that escalator, and he said these words. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. There it is. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're sending you. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people who have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with them. He said us, but he meant them. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They are rapists. If you're Latino, that word hurts. Rapists. And some, I assume, he goes on to say, are good people. So when it mattered to a community in Texas, which is majority Mexican-American, 
made up mostly of Latinos. The police officers are Latinos. The parents are Latinos. The teachers tend to be Latinos. And the students are Latinos. The ex-president of the United States went there. And it seemed he almost didn't care as much about them, about that community, about those little children, as he did about the NRA and about those gun manufacturers and gun makers who spend lots of money to give to people like him and the Ted Cruz's and all the other politicians, both parties, by the way, Democrats and Republicans, who take those dollars. And what does it say about them? And what does it say about the fact that this problem may then never be addressed in this country as much as we all need and know that it must? I'm Rick Sanchez. This is the Rick Sanchez Latitude. And I want you to do one thing. I want you, if you can, to tell your friends about what we're doing here and go to the podcast. You can listen to it. Take me jogging with you. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Rick Sanchez. Got it. It's all about the attitude. The Rick Sanchez Latitude is a production of Agua Media, created, hosted, and executive produced by Rick Sanchez. You can find a full list of credits in our show notes. Agua. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.